Hey everyone, this is Dorenda Wilson. Welcome to this week's podcast. If you don't know me already, I'm married to Daryl. We have eight kids. I almost said 28, but (laughs) it's not that much. Uh, Eight kids, but we've been married 28 years and we've been homeschooling over 22 years. Um, And so God has just been so good to us. And today um, I have a very special friend here with me. Her name is Terry McKee. And if you haven't heard of her, um, I actually started to get to know her a couple of years ago, right after uh, a very life-changing event Mm -hmm. happened for her and her family. Um, I'll explain that in just a minute, but first I want to let you know where you can find her, because when you hear her story, you're going to want to track her down and hear what she has to say. She has a blog called Near Your Altar. And it is Discipleship Despite Difficulties. And when you hear Terry's story, you're going to just be blown away by the faith that uh, this woman has and and in spite of the difficulties that she's faced, in fact, probably because of the difficulties Mm -hmm. she's faced. And so Mm -hmm. she's going to be sharing that with us today. I will put links in the show notes to her blog, um, also to two of her books, which we're going to be giving away. So the first book is called uh, Token Faith, and it is about moving from fake to real faith in Jesus Christ. And I've read the book, and it's a sweet little book, and it's it's a pretty quick read. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, but it, there's a there's a lot there, and so I encourage you to check that out. I'll put a uh, a link to that in in the podcast notes, and also unto us a child is born, which is an Advent devotional. For anyone, it's for moms, it's for women, for men, for families. Uh, some people have been using it in their Sunday school classes. So you'd probably want to go and check that out. But today, right now, I'm going to introduce Terry to you. Thank you so much for being here, Terry. It's good to be here. <laughs> I always love these podcasts because <laughs> I get to actually have a conversation with a real person, like right in the same room with me. So we've been having a ball. We were laughing so hard before we got started, we actually had to start over. So that's right. <laughs> Three times. Yes, yes. So, um, so I don't know if you guys had heard in the news at one point a couple of years ago, there was a story about um, a family that stopped at a rest area in North Carolina, and the husband went into the into the restroom, and while he was in there, he was actually shot uh, in the back, and he uh, was rushed to the hospital and Terry's going to tell the rest of the story because that was her family that this happened to. Mm-hmm. And she, um, it was, it was quite a story. I just remember praying and praying and praying for you guys yeah. because I just couldn't even imagine. And so today, um, Terry is here to share her story. Um, yesterday was the second anniversary of yes. the shooting. So tell us, maybe start back to what you were doing and kind of okay. chronologically tell the story sure. in a nutshell. And then, okay. Yeah. Um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we were coming back from Virginia where we had, had Thanksgiving with his family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hour four into a five hour drive, and we were, we just stopped to use the restroom. Right. And we, it was, um, First of all, we have four children, um, and the only two children we had with us during this trip were Jacob, who was 18 at the time, and Laura, who was five at the time. Mm. 
And uh, the other two children were not with us. They were with their bio parents um, out of state. Okay. So um, I had to really use the restroom. It was like out four or five hour drive. Right. And we right. had not stopped before this. Right. So I beelined inside the building. Um, when I was on my way inside, I saw these two guys just standing there loitering. Um, didn't think much of it because, you know, some people do that. Right. To stretch their legs. Right, right. Didn't think anything about it. And um, it was about 8 o'clock at night. So it was getting dark. And then Greg was holding Laura's hand. He was um, skipping along. It was just a very normal family time. Right. Jacob was, was already in the restroom. And... Um, did my thing, came out to the lobby, and Greg and Laura were standing there, and Greg handed Laura off to me, and I took her inside to use the bathroom, because I don't take my little girl into the bathroom by herself. Right. And, um, Greg went into the men's room. Now, the, the rest area had is one restroom, but it has two different entrances. And Jacob had went into the one on the right, and Greg went into the one on the left. Um, Jacob came out as Laura and I were coming out of the bathroom, and we decided to go outside and wait for Greg, um, as he was going to be a little while. And the outside of the bathroom building... Because there are two buildings at this particular rest area. One is the bathroom building, and the other is the vending right. machine building. And that's kind of important to the story. Um, and we were standing there, and I had noticed that um, one of the guys had was coming back from the vending area, and he had a very powerful swagger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was a big guy mm-hmm. like six six mm. you know so it caught your attention pounds. he caught my attention because he had you know uh thick dreadlocks um baggy white shirt and but he his walk as a writer right yeah i pay attention to these details right right you know i'm i've, I've heard that you know if if you um Make a writer mad, you'll end up in their book. <laughs> you know, watch out, you people. That's right. <laughs> Don't make us mad. That's right. And um, and so I just noticed this character trait about him that mm-hmm. he, his mm-hmm. walk was just powerful. which probably came in handy later. Yes. Okay. Very much so. Right. Um, and I was standing there, um, looking towards the building. Jacob was standing there, and Laura was skipping. She's either skipping or walking or asleep. One of the two. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. And, um, and so she, the, the concrete outside has, um, brick pavers that make like a diamond shape. Mm -hmm. And she was skipping along the brick pavers, um, on a little path. And I let her go because the more energy she got out, right. You know, the happier trip would be. And so Jacob decided to chase the girl. And, you know, they were playing along, and he kept saying, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. And she was giggling and laughing, as every little five-year-old girl does when her big brother's chasing her. Mm -hmm. And I looked across the way um, 
And these two guys were just staring a hole through me and staring mm. at us and staring at my children. Mm. And it, um, I just felt troubled right. in, in right. my spirit. Right. And I said, um, hey, um, guys, come back over this way. Mm-hmm. And that mom gut that instinct. Mom gut instinct. And I'm like, you know, something is just not right. And so they, um, Jacob, you know, brought Laura back closer to me. Mm-hmm. And he got on my left side, and Laura was right in front of me. Um, the two guys looked at us and looked into the window area of the bathroom building, looked back at me, made eye contact, and turned and went inside the building. Wow. And, again, I had no reason to think anything was weird, Mm -hmm. other than the fact these guys were looking at us. Right, right. Um, And the, the... Holy Spirit was just working in me and saying, you know, something's not right. Something's mm-hmm. not right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, um, I heard this big boom um, inside the building. And the two guys came running out. And when it was automatic doors, so they came running out. The doors opened. When the doors opened, I heard my beloved husband, uh, Greg, screaming mm. for help mm. and I ran inside Jacob ran and we all ran inside and um the horror I found at the entrance to the bath the men's bathroom floor mm-hmm. was I can't I cannot get that image out of my mind mm-hmm. um, he was on face down on his belly just Blood coming from his nose. Mm. He had fallen in the um, imprint of the tile floor. The grout line right. is in his nose right. and between his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And um, like a dinner-sized plate area of blood was under his nose. Mm-hmm. That was the only blood. Okay. Um, and but there was just a lot of it, and I was like, "Are you okay? Did you slip and fall?" I had no reason, and he said, "No, I've been shot." And he screamed, "Those two guys shot me!" And Jacob, who again was eighteen at the time, and he's extremely muscular, five mm-hmm. eleven, um, very muscular, very um, fit. It's disgusting. <laughs> And um, he ran out, um, ran out of the building Mm -hmm. to go chase these guys down. Wow. And I ran after him and literally picked up this man, this young man, Mm -hmm. and threw him back inside the building. Wow. I don't know how I did it. I can't pick him up now. What what drove you to do that? Were you worried Protection. for his safety? I was mm-hmm. I was scared. Mm-hmm. If they were to shoot him, shoot Greg, um, with Greg trying to run away from them. Right. Um, Which is what had happened. What he had happened. tried to run. It was an attempted armed robbery. They pointed the gun at his head, and he decided he was not welcome there, so he took off. Right. And so they Which struck. probably saved his life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They had shot him in the back because mm-hmm. he was escaping. Mm-hmm. But they would have certainly had killed Jacob. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, 
So it's just this instinct. This instinct of protection. And Mama Bear came right. out. And right. So his Jacob's body actually opened... Um, Jacob's body actually opened up the automatic doors flying through them. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was impressive. <laughs> and um, Greg told me later that he actually said, wow, <laughs> laying there on the floor. Wow, because he noticed it. Yeah, he yeah. noticed yeah. it. But when I came back in, our daughter, Laura, five years old, was sitting on the floor hugging her knees. Mm. And looking at her daddy and rocking back and forth and saying, my daddy's dead. My mm. daddy's dead. Mm. And I I was freaking out during that. I was... I can't imagine. I, I, I look back on it now and I'm like, who was that crazy woman? Right. You know, it's who amazing. lost every sensibility I had. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, Greg said... You know, call nine one one. I said, "What's the number?" <laughs> you know, that's how that amazing it was. Your brain just shut down. Up, I could pick up my my son and hurl him through this door, but I could not remember the right, number to nine one one. Right, right. So Jacob started calling nine one one, and Greg was on the floor talking to Laura and saying, "Mom, baby, princess, daddy's right here. Mm-hmm. I'm not dead. I'm talking to you. Listen to right, me." Right, 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 and. At this at this moment, um, Jacob was still on the phone with nine one one, and I took my jacket off to put under Greg's head, mm-hmm. and I got his wallet out of his pants, and then it hit me that those guys had not taken anything. Wow, wow! And the only thing he had in his wallet was his debit card, credit card, and his Aldi quarter, <laughs> and wow. that was it. No cash, no nothing. Wow. And but it, they had um, not taken anything. So I I got his wallet and I got his keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried. I got down on the floor with him and I was talking to him, trying to keep him, right. you know, out of shock mm-hmm. and monitoring him while screaming, crying, freaking out. And he was on the floor assessing his own right. respiratory rate, taking his own pulse, because oh he's goodness. like that. He's very <laughs> analytical. And, right. Um, then the police came. Um, this total stranger showed up. Um, the janitor was on the phone with 911 and talking to the police, because the janitor witnessed it. Right. And um, then they, the ambulance came and put Greg on the gurney. Um, Greg told me, um, he said, baby, I can't feel my legs. Hmm. And I've had three back operations, so mm-hmm. I have a lot of familiarity with spinal right. cord injuries. And I actually remember you yeah. saying that on Facebook yes. when you were telling people this yes, is what's going updates. on, giving mm-hmm. updates, and, you know, so, I, yeah, I vividly remember that. Mm-hmm. And it was it yeah. was terrifying you. It was. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about the most, the most terrifying thing that you could possibly imagine, mm-hmm. and then you up it by 10. Right, right. But you and I were talking this morning over yes. 
Let me just say this. She makes the best biscuits and gravy ever. She <laughs> came you. over to my house and made biscuits and gravy for my family. We were in heaven. So um, <laughs> anyway, that was just a little side note. But <laughs> um, anyway, so we were, we were talking um, about this incident and just sort of, you know, you were sharing your heart about yes. what went on with all of that and um, just, how, um, just how God's presence Yes. Just you were sharing just some little things that only he could do. Yes. And 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 this is the thing that really just resonated with me because mm-hmm. we we lost our grandson. Um, he was uh, stillborn unexpectedly. Right. And anytime you walk through something like that, we were, we were talking about this this yes. morning. There's a grace as yes. believers. As we walk through things like this. Now, I, I want you all who are listening to this story, I know that you could listen to this story and it could just be producing fear in you. That is not the intent of this story. She's telling the details because, so you can kind of get a picture of yes. what was going on um, at that time and um, just kind of the the emotional part of it. But the thing that we both share and have in common is this knowledge of God's presence when when we walk through things like this and God will ask us to walk through he, he won't ask us he, we will be walking through yes. it. he will put it right in front of us and he will say this is what you're going this right. is what you're going this is part of your journey yes absolutely. and and so when we lost Isaac that was one thing that was so um that was sort of the overarching thing that I walked away with was I didn't have to be afraid of things like this anymore. Right. As a young mom, I was terrified of things yes. like this happening to me. And if someone had said, oh, you're going to go through this and you're going to go through this, I would have said, I, I can't handle that. And you Absolutely. know, I was right. I can't handle it. But yes. because we're believers, it right. makes all the difference in the world. God puts things in our paths to groom us for different things. Mm-hmm. Like our oldest son has autism and our oldest daughter has uh, diabetes. Jacob has ADHD. Laura has chronic migraines and dyslexia. And I myself have chronic illnesses too. Mm-hmm. And But God has used all these things to um, kind of make the path straight for right, us. Right, It's hard to... We were talking about this this morning. It sort of turns rational thinking, natural thinking on its head. Yes. Because we're living Absolutely. in God's economy. And, yes. and this is really the crux of her story and the things that she's sharing with us um, is, or that Terry is sharing with us, is that, um, that God has a plan in all of it. And, and his presence is made known. And it's, it's, you know, it's one thing that thought of this is part of my journey. And the hardest part, you know, when we're going through these things, I don't know if, if this was the, the same for you, but mm-hmm. that adjustment to accepting the fact that this is part of our story. Yes. Mm-hmm. And accepting came, accepting Greg's, um, Greg being paraplegic, that did not hit till later. Right. Of course, because um, there's a know, grieving there's, that you um, have to walk through. Well, there's a, the suddenness of, you know, your husband will never walk again. Right. The shock. The shock of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things happened so quickly that particular night that I could only 
I couldn't take it in. Right. Right. And which is very typical for one of those those um, crises yes. situations. But God was um, present those whole every moment that something else happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the little things. It was um, the power of prayer was tangible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when they loaded Greg up in the ambulance, and I said to Jacob, um, I'm driving to the hospital because he had no idea where it was and um, or how to get there, you know. Right. Um, and we were headed down I-85 south, and the traffic around Concord was horrendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was bumper to bumper. All we saw were red lights. Um, it was a Saturday after Thanksgiving, so we had all the mall traffic. Right. Um, and so I just saw a sea of red. Mm-hmm. And I said out loud, um, I had had I given my phone to Jacob, and I said, "Call people." Mm-hmm. You know, as that's the best thing you can do. And he just he started calling people. Just get those um, prayer warriors going. Get the going. prayer war- mm-hmm. warriors going. And um, I looked ahead, and I just saw a sea of red lights. Mm. And I said, "Okay, Lord." out loud I said dear Jesus you parted the Red Sea once before (laughs) you know right and I said I'm asking you to part the Red Sea again Mm -hmm. and I said I need it done now (laughs) you know it's like a woman on a mission you know (laughs) because I was I was literally driving away above the speed limit Mm -hmm. and um, my hazard lights going and I tell you no lie. I drove on the middle line, middle lane, the middle line of the of two lanes that were only open on I eighty five South, right down the middle, and cars parted. Mm-hmm. They just moved to the sides. Wow! And driving down eighty five, going ninety five miles an hour, all the way down. Wow! And. Jacob was like, how do you do that? <laughs> you just pray and it just happens. Mm. And I said, that is God. That is awesome. And, and you know what I love about this is I was just reading today in um, Philippians about um, basically just not worrying, but instead praying. And I know that sounds so simple, but it can be so hard to do. Well, you, you pray with an expectation. Right, and, that, and that's the that difference. Exactly. The difference is, is this a prayer of faith? Yes. Where I say, you know, God, I am trusting you. I am, I'm going to set worry aside, and I'm going to put all that energy that I would put into worrying, I'm going to put it into you. Right. And I'm going to pray for specific things. And this is, um, I was writing a devotional today, and it was just about, that's what it centered around, was be specific yes. in your requests. To God because mm-hmm. He loves to answer specifically. Yes, and that's exactly what exactly. you did. Exactly, um, and we just when we got to the hospital, um, our youth pastor just showed up with his daughter, mm-hmm. and she just commandeered Laura and just took her and got her snack foods and took care of her, and I did not have to worry about her. This is the and body of Christ. It is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know where. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that people were praying. Right. And I could feel their prayers. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And when you say that to someone who's not a believer, that you feel someone's prayers, you know, we hear all the time, oh, I'm going to send energy to you. Right. You know, and I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah. It, you know, <laughs> no. You, I'm, gonna, I'm sending you good thoughts. Well, I can't receive those. Are they coming by airmail? Right. You know, postal office, UPS? Um, but, you know, you can't feel those things. But you can feel the power of prayer. Absolutely. And we just, I just knew people were praying. Mm-hmm. And that's, sitting in the waiting room in the ER, I did a quick Facebook post. And um, I read that actually last night. Um so I was going back through some things, and it's um, it was short to the point that you know, this happened, mm-hmm. and it shocks the sensibilities because you don't expect these things to happen to you, right? You know, and you you turn on the evening news or you don't or whatever you see it on Facebook because um, a lot of people get their news on Facebook now. Um, and you see someone who's been shot, some or something happened to somebody. Right. You have some no idea. Some tragic thing. Some mm-hmm. tragic thing. But you know, it, it doesn't affect you personally. Right. It's just someone. Oh, someone's been shot. But until you've been in that position, you'll still be kind of um, numb to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Now I cannot turn on the evening news and see that someone's been shot without thinking that someone's sister or brother. Right son, daughter, right, and right. the pain they're going through. Right. There's a compassion There's a compassion there. there. Mm-hmm. You know, when um, our mutual friend Heidi St. John's nephew, mm-hmm. Bobby, um, was, in, you know, very tragically in, injured um, in a car accident, and his neck was severely broken, mm-hmm. you know, I knew exactly what that meant. Mm-hmm. And... The fact that he is alive and walking and talking, it's it's a miracle, Mm -hmm. you know, and God is still in the miracle making business today. Absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. it did not end with the last chapter of Revelation. That's right. That's right. He is still in the miracle making business today. In fact, the, um, the guy that shot Greg, he was the bigger one, um, and he's, Greg is six feet tall, so the guy was much bigger than he is. And the, um, the bullet went into such an angle in, the, in his back that to look at his back and you see this um, scar where the mm-hmm. bullet mm-hmm. went into, you would, it's to the right of the spinal cord. And you would think, the middle of the back, and you would think, well, that would hit there, you know, right. like to the right. Right. And it would go into those organs there, but it did not. It went into um, his L1 vertebrae, and it basically, as I told you this morning, it welded itself in the vertebrae and mm. severed the spinal cord going in. Right. It was a um, one in a million shot. Um, any other shot, any if the bullet went any place else, was one inch, half inch. I'm sorry, in any other direction besides the middle, very dead center of that vertebrae, it would have killed him. Hmm. And the doctor said, and then Greg kept saying, and Greg keeps saying today that 
the man shot, you know, pulled the trigger, but God placed the bullet. That's right. That's right. And um, there's physic you know, with physics. There's doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. You know, it should have gone here. Right. Right. You know, and these this outcome should have happened. Right. But it didn't, and but God had a plan and has a plan um, for this tragedy. And that's something that when we when I say when I talk about these things um, with non-believers, they don't get mm-hmm. because but believers they get it, they understand that or they should understand and, and if you you're going through something and you don't understand something, I just want to reiterate that you know God has a plan. Absolutely. He said um, he works everything out for the good to them who absolutely. love him and are called according to his purpose. That's yes. us as yes. believers. And we are guaranteed that that is true. Yes. We don't always understand what that purpose is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we never fully understand it. Sometimes we get pieces of it. Right. Um, but we can, it doesn't change the fact yes. that, that he has something good in all of it for us. And that's, I think, key in in what you're saying here is we don't have to be afraid of these potential things that could happen of course we're gonna try to plan ahead try to look ahead be as careful as we can but ultimately our times our days are in God's hands and he has a journey for each of us yes and it's a good journey and like we were talking about this morning you can explain to somebody even a Christian who loves mm-hmm. the Lord, if they haven't had that type of experience, not necessarily a shooting, but any like really big crises yes. type life experience, like I was telling you, I used to be terrified of those things. But what I didn't factor in mm-hmm. was the grace. Yes. This just permeating, can't deny it, grace of God's presence yes. and that I just, it's so hard, you can't really articulate it to somebody, right. but I can assure you that it's okay. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're a mom, a woman or whatever, who's who's anticipating and in fear these mm-hmm. things happening to you, you don't have to be afraid. No. We're telling you from, from where we're sitting and the things that we've walked through that God is faithful every single time. Not yes. one time will he not be faithful. Absolutely. And I think the big part of it for me was just praying. I actually, I don't even feel like I had to pray for it. It, it happened, but I continued to pray for it because it was so comforting and such a, a wonderful thing was praying that I would see where he was working. Yes. You know, so I've actually said to, to our daughters, sometimes I feel like everyday life can be harder. Yes. than going through a crisis. Because you go through a crisis, everybody knows you're going through a crisis, yes. and you know you are, and you cut yourself a wide berth, and there's this grace that you know you just feel. And so there's an element of actual, <laughs> I put it this way, but excitement mm-hmm. because of God's presence. It's yes. just, it's amazing. And it's, um, but the everyday, the in and out, and you have experienced that with, you know, yes. having kids who have Absolutely. learning issues and... Mm-hmm. So you can attest to that too. Right. Um, you know, God doesn't... Let me back up. Because that thought just went away. That train of thought derailed. <laughs> but God um, God shows up when 
we don't have to pray for it, like you said. Right. You know, Christ sat down on that floor with Greg. Mm. You know, and he was there. Right. And Greg had, when he was on the floor of the rest area, he had such peace. I was one freaking out because it's harder, I think, to be the one on the outside, mm-hmm. the non-patient, right. but the family member right. or the dear friend right. witnessing a tragedy mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the one going through it. Right. Greg was, um, he was busy and he had something to do to just keep himself focused. Right. And, but I was trying to deal with Greg, deal with Jacob, take care of my baby, mm-hmm. and talk with the police officers, and drive like a mad woman down 85, and get to the hospital and deal with things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me longer. Um, Jesus was with me, and he was a little ahead of me, right. and it took me a little longer to catch up with Jesus. <laughs> you know, That makes um, sense. I think... Um, Our bodies, you know, our mind, um, our emotions and everything just, uh, like when something like that happens, you're right, Mm -hmm. everything sort of jumps ahead and you feel behind and you have to catch up with those emotions and really reconnect, you know, your, your, your brain, your thoughts and things like that to, to be able to bring some sort of sense to things. Right. So, yeah. And, and that's, I think just that's that state of shock. You know. you know, and I think shock, um, emotional shock like that, is there by God to protect us. Absolutely, um, because it, with the shooting, it was so overwhelming, and so shocking, and we were dealing, or I was, I was dealing with, you know, how could this happen? Right. You know, mm-hmm. we don't do anything to anybody. You know, we didn't right. do anything to these people, mm-hmm. and. You know, why us? And when Greg was finally, when we heard, when he was finally in the trauma ICU and out of the ER, and he had had a CT scan, and they just, you know, found the bullet, and they finally said, we're not doing surgery, because it would, surgery would catastrophically destroy his vertebrae. Hmm. Um. And I was standing there holding Greg's hand, and he was crying because he was in tremendous pain. Mm-hmm. You can't even I imagine can't, the, the pain of your nervous system shutting down halfway down your body. And it felt like um, he said it was like someone taking a hot iron and just touching his mm-hmm. legs with it mm. and in different places. Right. And it was shutting down, and he couldn't feel anything. Um, I walked by the end of his bed and tickled his feet and nothing. And before, he would, like, try to kick me. Right, right. You know, and I was holding his hand, and we both crying um, quietly, but just tears actively falling. Right. And this um, respiratory tech walked in at this time with a breathing treatment and I said wait a minute because I'm like I'm the mom that in medical things I'm not a nurse but I 
play one on TV. <laughs> um, and I'm the type of mom that says, you know, what is that? Right. And what does it do? And why are you giving it to mm-hmm. whoever? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when the rest tech came in with this breathing treatment, I said, wait a minute. He does not have lung issues. What is this for? Why are you doing this? And he's, the guy said, um, oh, I'm sorry. We just give breathing treatments to um, all paraplegics to prevent pneumonia. And I collapsed. Mm. I collapsed to my knees on the floor. And that was the first we had heard the P word. Right, right. Paraplegic. Well, I bet that therapist was... Not and feeling too good at this moment. Well, no, he he was very. It was it was a job to him. Right. And oh. he just he did the you know hooked the thing up to Greg and um his oxygen and walked out. Wow. You know, another day at the office. Oh, not not great bedside manner. No, um, but I was sitting there and crying, boohooing, and Greg, um, you know, both of us knew long-term what this meant right right that our time together as married a married man and woman and what that meant Mm -hmm. us intimately what that meant right and greg just um with tears streaming down his face he touched um he took his hand he put it to my side to the side of my face and he said um i'm so glad we had that time together Mm. as husband and wife Wow. And it still makes me cry to this day. Right. Just the, the sweetness and tender moment that mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how tragically sad at the same time. Right. Right. But Greg said to me right after that, as I was like sobbing, like ugly crying <laughs> into the sheet, he said, but you know what? God has a plan mm. for this. He's opening doors of ministry even now. Wow. And so, yeah. they, so the guy is basically prophesying. Yes. <laughs> in and, the hospital room. Yes. And he <laughs> said, you know, God's going to open doors. He's going to use this. Mm. He is going to use this, Terry. You, you have to be strong and know that the Lord God, if he can take, he said, if he can take. Anything that's happened in our lives and use it for good, he's going to use this. Mm. And I just, you know, and God has opened doors of ministry with Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. There's not, um, we share the story a lot. And um, we always end up leading someone to Christ Mm. because of it. Wow. And he said in the hospital bed, he said, you know, if one person is led to Christ because of this, mm-hmm. it's all worth it. Wow. Yeah. And that's an eternal perspective, really. You, know, you think yes. about it. I mean, I think, you know, the older we get, the more we realize these bodies are going to decay. And yes. that's just, that is the way it is because we live in a sinful, fallen world. And we were yes. talking about this earlier that, yes, there are times because we live mm-hmm. in this sinful, fallen world we we're not immune exactly. to uh, what happens and tell me what uh, share um, what you were sharing with me about the effect of sin someone else's sin affecting us well i will 
but I want to share this first. Okay. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says this. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Mm. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Mm. And if we think about the, the intentionality of how we live our lives now right. for the kingdom, mm-hmm. then we see that our broken down bodies with its arthritis and our gray hairs and right. all this, you know, it doesn't, they don't, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, because God has built for us eternal bodies, mm-hmm. resurrection bodies. Right. That one day Greg will walk again. You know, it may not be on this earth. It, it will probably will not be on this earth. But I know for a fact that when he gets to heaven and when I meet him there or we go together or whatever, that he will have um, legs that work. Mm-hmm. And you can look forward to and that. We look forward in anticipation of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is what, I guess, separates us from... Um, or that mentality separates us from people who have no hope. Right. And that hope is Jesus. Absolutely. But, you know, back to what you were asking, you know, a lot of people ask us, you know, why why did this happen? Right. You know, the, the eternal question of why these bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. And that is because of sin. Um. You know, when the beautiful Garden of Eden um, was in existence or there, um, without before the um, fruit was eaten, mm-hmm. it had no weeds. Mm-hmm. It had no thorns, thistles, or whatever. It was beautiful, gorgeous. God walked down in the cool of day in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. Can you imagine walking with God in your backyard? So awesome. What is that? <laughs> and. Um, but when sin entered by disobedience and um, jealousy, mm-hmm. when even Adam ate of the fruit, immediately when God cast them out, you know, thorns and thistles came yeah. up. Yeah. And we, if you like to garden or you just pick weeds out of your, you know, flower oh, bed. <laughs> You know, you deal with the ramifications right. of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are not immune no. to that. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we are not immune as bystanders or Christians or people in general to the ramifications of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it, we did not pull the trigger, but those two guys did. That's right. And so their choice of sin, they they chose to pull the trigger and shoot and injure. And their sin caused the ramifications that we're still dealing with today. Right, right. So it's a sin issue. It's not a um, it's not a race issue. Right. It's not um, a socioeconomic issue. It's a sin issue. That's right. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. And, you know, I, 
It's very interesting. I love the way you put that because um, we're all going to, if we haven't already, which we probably have, mm-hmm. uh, been affected by someone else's sin. You yes. know, some greater than others. Like in, in your situation, it was a very extreme situation. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, how do, how did you get to the point, and are you at the point where you've forgiven? these guys is that still in process is that Um, is that something you feel like you have to do over and over again and what does that look like for you the um the next that i mean he was shot at eight o'clock at 4 30 they gave him pain meds that actually worked okay so he was able to actually sleep Mm -hmm. so I was able to sit in the world's most uncomfortable recliner. We've all been there. (laughs) I don't know what that is. And um, I had my Bible. We were coming back from Thanksgiving again. So I had my Bible with me. I had my laptop and some other things. Um, So I had gotten my stuff out. We had friends that came to the hospital, and they took Jacob and Laura home. Right. And... So I was by myself in that room with Greg. And um, I was just reading scripture, reading the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And the Lord just, the Holy Spirit, I don't know what the theological term for it, but I call it whooshing. (laughs) He just whooshed on Mm -hmm. me. And and he said, you know, you have a choice. Mm -hmm. And you have a choice either to, you know, let this define you right or let or give glory to me in this mm-hmm. you have a choice mm-hmm. of how you're going to deal with this and i said lord i want to give glory to you which ultimately that defines you as a believer yes. which i love because yes. the world is not going to respond the That's way right. that god gives us the grace and strength to respond yes and that is what makes all the difference people look at that and they say whoa That's not normal. (laughs) That's not natural. But it's still a choice. It's still a choice, Mm -hmm. you know. And we have the choice as believers when things happen, either to learn from them and know that God is working in this. Right. Or think that, oh, woe is me. Right. And move on. Right. And, And some of that happens simply by faith. Yes. You know, God's word said faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Yes. So that even if you don't see it all yet, yes. you're saying with your mouth, with your with your brain and everything that's in you, with your heart, that that um, that God is has got this. Absolutely. You know, and God is still working out forgiveness, mm-hmm. but um I remember the media storm this thing created was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the next day, um, I finally went home, um, and it was like 9 o'clock at night, and a reporter knocked on my front door at my home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we can do this. Because I have... A degree in printing, but a uh, training in journalism. Mm. So I knew I I've done many 
And that's another God thing. You know, he trained me for this. Right, right. We were talking about this this morning. You were saying there's so many facets to your experience up to this point, just your life experience, different very different things, yes. but the dots all connect yes. that there was an element of preparation for yes. this. And Absolutely. that's, I think, one of the coolest things about when we're walking through uh, through these situations, that grace, because that grace gives us the eyes to look back yes. and to connect the dots and just go, God, God knows what he's doing right. and he's preparing me for this. And it kind of gives you that it builds your faith yes. to continue to trust him and to know that he's got you in this and that he's a well, good God. Faith and the grace of God. Faith is like the the windshield of your car. Right. Okay, that's faith. And grace is the rearview mirror. Mm. That you can look in the rearview mirror and see behind you, but you see grace. That was grace. That was grace. Mm-hmm. That was grace behind that's right. you. That's right. And the grace behind you can point you to the faith that's out your windshield. That's right. That's right. And you share a lot about faith in your in your book. Um, yes, token faith. token faith, mm-hmm. moving from fake to real faith in Jesus Christ. Yes. Because you, walking through what you've walked through, um, not just this situation, but all the other right. elements in your life, um, there has to be a real faith. Yes, and you know, and I and I love that you you share that in your book and give examples of history of you know, yes. um, you know, biblical history tie it all in together, right. and um, so I'm excited that you're going to be doing this giveaway. So that'll be fun. I am it'll, too. it'll be in the in the podcast notes. We'll Wonderful. make sure that we uh, link back. We can just let me just mention really quickly those two books. She's going to. Um, uh, do giveaways, just go to nearyouraltar at gmail.com to uh, talk to her about um, yes. wanting to be have your name put in the hat. Absolutely. But um, the the reporter that showed up at my house, you know, he said um, during the interview, he said, is there anything that you would want to tell the shooter? And Wow. And I just said, I'm for, you're forgiven. I forgive you. And the reporter stopped the camera and he's like, what? And I said, I said what I said. And he said, "I'm hold on. And he turned the camera back on and he said, is there any, I want to ask you again. Um, he said, is there anything that you would like to tell the shooter? And I said, yes, you're forgiven. And he said, how can you forgive the shooter for shooting your husband and now he's paralyzed? Mm-hmm. And I said, all sin is equal before the, the sight of the Lord. There's not one sin greater than the other. Jesus has forgiven me of my sins. Mm-hmm. I would be amiss if I did not forgive the shooter for wow. his sins. Wow. And so that that story of Immediate forgiveness, um, which was also echoed by Greg, mm-hmm. um, was like the sensational story of the day. And all the other news channels picked up on it. And it was just, it even hit Nancy Grace. Mm. It was just amazing. Being interviewed by Nancy Grace was something else. But um, it... 
it's a kingdom mindset that, you know, I'm no better than the shooter. Right. In God's eyes. That's right. That's right. You know, all of sin and control the glory of God. This is this is gospel centered thinking. Yes. You're always reminding yourself of what Jesus has done. Absolutely. You know, as believers. Um, that's that's what being gospel centered is. Everything revolves around that cross and that and that resurrection. It's um, I've been reading Second Corinthians a lot. And Second Corinthians ten um, five B it says um, so Second Corinthians ten five B it says we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ and that to me is very important mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. you know we can think thoughts that are not obedient to Christ and act upon them that's right but if we think thoughts and take captive so you kind of capture every thought and filter it through the gospel. Right. Then we will have gospel-centered thinking. You know, if we all did gospel-centered thinking, what a world could we have? Exactly. The effectiveness, the effectiveness of the body of Christ. And, yeah. um, the Holy Spirit-filled body of Christ. Right. That's right. Because um, there's power in that. There and is I think, power in that. You know, I don't know if you grew up in the church or not, but... I did. I did not. Okay. And so one of the things that can happen is you almost become immune yes. to the gospel. And that's where I found myself uh, many years ago realizing I my, my thinking wasn't gospel-centered. And right. what does that look like? And why wouldn't that be the the basis from which everything else flows out of? That yes. makes sense. That's I, I knew in my head that... That's the message of Scripture. Absolutely. Everything revolves around Jesus and the cross and the resurrection. Yes. But connecting those dots, you know, it's almost exactly. like a, a vaccination. You know, I was like immune to it because I heard it so much. Yes. So I encourage you, if, if you feel like you don't really even have a lot of emotions attached with talking about the gospel, I would encourage you to get back to that gospel-centered Absolutely. thinking. And, you know, Paul writes about as young infant Christians, we drink milk. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you that if you're still like just on the surface of studying scripture, to dive into the word mm-hmm. and compare different passages with other passages. Right. And, right. and grow mm-hmm. in your relationship. Um, and Chew on the meat of the scripture, right? You know, right. or hearty broccoli if you're vegetarian. <laughs> but you know, um, just dig into the scripture Absolutely. and and get past the um, formula, right? Of exactly what you talk about it. in your books. Yes, that absolutely. whole you know check check off the list kind of thing, mm-hmm. and um, and you know a good study Bible is a is a great resource. I have a, an NLT illustrated study Bible. Oh, nice. And I love that thing yes. because it really helps me dig in and find those verses that I can cross-reference with what, I'm, with what I'm reading. So, um, But the, um, the passage that really struck home to both Greg and I, you know, we did not ask for this road. Um, I would have not chosen this road. Right, right. But um, 
and I don't want to mislead anybody that, um, you know, I have um, really hard days sometimes mm-hmm. dealing with mm-hmm. the emotional aspects of, um, of this. Right, right. Um, knowing that our daughter will not have her daddy, you know, actually walk her down the aisle. Right. Um, he will wheel her down the aisle. Mm-hmm. But walking and... Um, and but God has provided ways for Greg to minister despite and because of the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. You know, he um, just a few months after the shooting, he was coaching T-ball. <laughs> you know, and um, wow. it was funny because one kid threw the ball in from first base and sm- the ball smacked Greg on his right knee. Oh no! And the the audible <gasps> right from the the you know gasp from the crowd <laughs> and I was, I was like oh my word and then he just looked down at me and, and like not even ten seconds later he said oh ow <laughs> so he has like this very dry sense of That's humor about awesome. that that is know, awesome um, I love that and he just um, like Al um, accidentally hit his leg or kick him mm-hmm. and, and in the bed. And um, he was like, um, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I kicked you. He said, oh, that hurt. <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> Why do I not believe you? <laughs> I know. And the other night um, or the other morning, I was curled up in bed and sleeping really great, you know, really great. And um, I sleep in this weird position where. I'm on my belly and my right leg is up and, you know, and... Like a contortionist. And contortionist. And I'm not sleeping, right? It's like the most comfortable position ever. And um, and then all of a sudden, his cold hand, his cold hand reaches Ooh. and touches my leg. And um, I scream out and um, Greg screams. And I'm like, why did you scream? He said, well, I thought that was my leg. <laughs> And <laughs> I said, oh, that's no. funny. All these things you just would never even think of, you know, no. but they affect your daily life. And it, exactly. it just, it sounds like humor is a huge part yeah, humor, of... Humor, if you don't, if you don't laugh about some things, you'll just end up crying all the time. Right, right. And, um, so he has maintained his sense of humor and um, it, tragedy like this, and especially medical tragedies, mm-hmm. just... Give you a warped sense of humor sometimes. Right, right, right. People kind of look at you like, I can't believe you're laughing about that. You I know? know, and it makes people feel very awkward. <laughs> and like, should we laugh with him oh, or right. not? Would that be rude? Yeah. Would that be rude? That's and, funny. You know, and, That's funny. Um, for the most part, you know, people have just been incredibly wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wanting to help. Right, wanting right. Wanting to um, help him with his wheelchair and all this and just not quite sure how to do that. And, right, right. And, um, sometimes he wants help. Sometimes right. he gets offended by not not right. wanting help. Right. Because um, he's still very independent and right. um, still very much a man. Right. And you want him to be able to maintain yes, as much of that as he can. But yeah. So out of all this that we've talked about, you've shared mm-hmm. your story, you've shared your heart, what God's done, how his grace was there what thoughts would you leave with a mom who's out there listening, who's either walking through difficulties herself or maybe is terrified 
of ever having to walk through something like this. Right. Um, I would say that God is a God of comfort. Mm. And 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3-5 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Mm. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. So when we go through troubles, we have the choice of either being sad and depressed Mm -hmm. about what we're going through or knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that Christ is, just as he's in that valley with us, he's in the valley with us. That's right. That's you know, right. He, it's not an option. We're going to go through the valleys, but Christ is also there with us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I believe that he puts us through these troubles so we can encourage others. That's right. I absolutely believe that because he doesn't waste anything. He does not waste anything. And the harder the trial, the more he uses it. Absolutely. And we've seen that already just in the couple of years since since Greg's absolutely yeah so um okay well you know i think we're just going to go ahead and pray absolutely thank you so much for being here with me this was great i actually hadn't heard the whole story from start (laughs) well it's not finished it's It's, it's an ongoing story and there's lots more to tell i'm sure but um you you get the kind of the main part of the story and just um the message and i love that the message is about jesus the message is about the cross the message is about grace and forgiveness and um, that's all ours yes as believers in Christ and so we're gonna have to claim it that's right you have to just you have to you make that choice to trust yes and take that leap of faith absolutely so let's go ahead and pray heavenly father just thank you so much for this time that uh, Terry could be here with all of us Lord sharing her story sharing her testimony Lord her journey And it's such a unique one, Father. And we thank you for the testimony that she tells that really just goes back to you. Lord, that you're worthy of our trust. You're worthy of our our praise. You're worthy, God, because you love us so much, Lord. You love us with an everlasting love. And whatever you put in front of us to walk through, God, you're going to give us what we need to walk through it, God. And so I just pray for each of these moms and women who are listening, Lord, for those who are walking through difficulties. Lord, I pray that she would find encouragement here, Lord, as she's listened to the words and, the, and listen to Terry's story, God, and this testimony of faith, Father. I pray that her faith would be built up. And for the mom who is terrified of ever of having to walk through uh, tragedy or difficulty, Lord, I pray that you would just bring peace to her heart through this story, Lord. And we just thank you that you are worthy of our trust. We thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. Father, we praise you and we worship you. Thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.